one billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Anamnesis. Noun. The recollection or remembrance of the past. Reminiscence. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. I'm Zan, and I'll be your GM. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. Exploring ruins is always an interesting experience, especially when shin spinners are involved. The group is going to have to continue carefully if they want to come out of this largely unscathed. Doors are opened, remains are found, and physical changes are weathered. Join us as Nehemiah, Smallren, and Jory delve. The four of you have made your way out of the room where the shin spinners ever so rudely trapped you will trap two of you inside a force field projected from the ceiling. You make your way out into the hallway and you are met with a fork in the road. One going to the left, which is the southwest direction, and one going to the right, which is more northwest. Where would you like to head? The cowardly part of my brain is very much of the opinion that it's good to like go around the edges of a room first or, or an area so you're not in the middle. So my instinct is to go left which is continuing to, if this was a circular structure as a whole, it would be around the edge, I guess, as opposed to going into the middle. But I have no other basis of instinct for which way. Left is fine with me. I'm a little curious at what's going on because I'm seeing there's a room down towards the left, just past this next one that we would be going to that looks kind of glitched out and I'm a little curious at what's going on down there. Yes, everything that you see on this map is exactly what you see on the hologram. Mm-hmm. Let's go left and check it out and see what's going on there. Let's go left then. You head off toward the left. As you make your way down the hallway, you see ahead of you something in front of the door that you haven't seen on the previous thresholds. It is a shimmering force field, which you now recognize as the same kind of energy that had surrounded Smallrin and Jory in the previous room. It's pretty clear that the shin spinners had broken off a piece of the door mechanism to create this force field. So there is a impenetrable, at least by physical force, shield in front. It is clear. It's shimmery, kind of iridescent, but you can see through it. On the other side, if you peer through it, you see various piles of broken devices and pieces of scrap, things that have been arranged to resemble some sort of nest or or den, maybe? Nehemiah will take the sword spear and just kind of tap the shimmery 
see what goes on there. It bounces back, not hard, but kind of like if you were hitting plastic or sure. metal. It kind of just has a solid feel to it. Gotcha. There is a device off to the right of the door mm-hmm. that has some blinking lights on it. Okay. That is probably the door control in some way. Mm-hmm. I'd like to go take a look at that control panel then. Absolutely. You take a look at it and... It looks as though there is a sensor. It's three lights that are stacked on top of each other. And then immediately to the right, there is some sort of sensor that it looks like you could place something up near it. You think that you might be able to open it if you could figure out a way to hack it or hotwire it, essentially. That would be an understanding Numenera roll of a level four. You're also pretty sure that you could probably just smash it. (laughs) Uh, That would mean that it is... We wouldn't be able to close it again. Correct. You wouldn't be able to close it behind you, but you could probably smash it, and that would be a might level five to smash it into a a state that would actually let it open. Well, we could try to be clever, or we could hit it really hard. Well, I know which one I'm good at. (laughs) I'm clever at many things, but unfortunately... Hotwiring a piece of equipment of an unknown era is not one of them. I could try to phase through the door. (laughs) See if there's a big open button on the other side. Mm, Always an option. No, let's tinker. I'm going to do it. Let's see. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to try tinkering with it. That would be Understanding Numenera, level four. Okay. Boop. A failure with a five. Peachy. Jor, you go up to it and start trying to tinker with it a little bit. There are these three lights. None of them are illuminated at the moment. Mm-hmm. But there is a sensor off to the right. And you start trying to, like, maybe get underneath the panel or see if there's a way that you could get the lights to light up in some way. Like, trying different devices and tools that you have in your pack. And nothing is quite working. In fact, at one point, it kind of like gives off a little spark. doesn't hurt you or anything, but just kind of like zaps a little bit out into the air. Uh, No style of screwdriver fits in these little knobs. I, you know what, that's the limit of my, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to lean on something aggravated. (laughs) I suppose we could just ask politely, would you open please? Wouldn't that be awkward? It does not open. Honestly, it's probably for the best that it isn't sentient. That would indeed be awkward. That is true. I would need to make some very sincere apologies. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Smallrin has training and precision, which means I'm trained in esoteries. Sure you are. Does this count in any way? I know esoteries are kind of like straddling that line between tech and magic-ish in this system. Sure, sure. There are a couple of different esoteries that you know of, things that your mentor used on a regular basis. One of them is hedge magic. Edge magic kind of being very similar to small magical effects, things that you can make happen, little bits and bobs of things. You might be able to cause objects to float or clean a small area, mend a broken object, or change the color or basic appearance of something. In this case, I would allow you to utilize, like tap into hedge magic with a successful intellect roll. Okay. Same thing, level four, but you're trained in it. Okay. So, level three. Smallerin kind of has an idea. She pulls out her mentor's notes, flips to a particular page, starts looking through it, mumbling a little to herself, and then goes over 
and kind of taps Jory on the shoulder. Yes. Give me a moment. I think I have an idea. Ooh. Let's see if this works. Failure with a five. Man, roll 20's liking the fives today. You go to try and utilize the hedge magic that you have seen your mentor use before, that you now have a better understanding of how to utilize within the world. And you are able to get one of the lights to turn on. It turns green. But after that, you can't seem to replicate that effect. Hmm. I'll need to work on that. At this point, Brex kind of like takes a small step forward and looks at Nehemiah, raises their maul, and kind of like... In a, a your turn. <laughs> I do the BR guest like bow towards, <laughs> and and Brex actually like steps back and does the bow back to you. Like, no, by all means, you give it a shot. <laughs> Are we going to have a polite off? Please tell me. We're gonna have something off. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> Nehemiah's gonna go ahead and take a swing at it. You said a uh, might level five. Correct. I am trained and heavy bladed, and I'm going to go ahead and spend to take that down to a four and roll. It's, okay, that's the third five in a roll. Something's <laughs> gotta be. Something's gotta be going on here. I think we might need to season the roll twenty dice. We need to. <laughs> we need to take a minute Something. and just roll the d twenty enough times. <laughs> I'm just gonna roll. Okay, there's okay. There's an eighteen. There's an eighteen. I'm gonna try rolling might again and see if that. Yeah. Pro- Okay, you know, it's just it's just angry at us today. It's just yep. Worst comes to worst, I shall give it the old school try, and just and just phase through this. Brex can also give it a shot. That's true. This is true. Help us, Brex. You're our only hope. Brex steps forward and again, kind of like lifts them all. Looking for, like, yes, this is what we're mm-hmm. doing. Nehemiah nods. Brex goes forward and does just completely obliterate it in one hefty swing. In fact, the even part of the wall is now kind of bent in. It's a metal wall and a metal plate, and the whole wall kind of has, like, a big indent in it. And the force field shimmering in front of you dissipates. And the first thing that you all notice as it apparates is the horrible smell Mm. that is permeating this room and is now pouring into the hallway. There is clearly something that is rotting or has died in this room. Mm. (sighs) Gross. I'll go check it out. I'm going to use my uh, connected with the data sphere ability uh, to keep an eye essentially to monitor my own body to make sure there is nothing inherently toxic in the air. And the second I do, I'm going to flush that out and I'm going to let them know. Amazing. You step in and there is nothing inherently toxic about it, but it nearly makes you wretch Mm -hmm. how bad and how hefty the smell is. So you just kind of filter that out, purge it from your body, and you're able to keep your stomach with you rather than losing that. As someone who kills people, <laughs> does Smallrin smell anything that is not a normal death smell? No. Okay. This is literally just like the horrible stench of some sort of rotting, decaying. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm checking it out. It just smells bad. Nehemiah, as soon as you say that, you hear a click. Looking up into the ceiling, mm-hmm. you see a number of devices that have been kind of just like stuck 
to the metal ceiling above you, mm-hmm. and they all drop. Ah, beans. <laughs> this was a sound sensor. As soon as you said something inside the room, this was going to be triggered. Yep. I need everybody to roll me speed defense level three. <laughs> Fail with a five. Success with a 17. <laughs> I'm going to spend for a point of effort. <laughs> Failure with a three. Okay. Well, the good news, Nehemiah, you get plus one damage. Right. Brex also fails. Nehemiah, you jump out of the way as these various devices, all seemingly different, activate Mm -hmm. as they hit the floor. And something different kind of happens to each of you who failed. Jory, a small canister lands near your feet and sprays you with foam of some sort. And this foam crawls up your side and along your ribs starts to harden and grows into the shape of an arm. Uh, I, I'm going to phase through it and mm. step it away. Stays with you. No. It stays with you. Oh, no. Oh, no. You now have a foam arm. This foam hardens to the consistency of your flesh and can be used by you as if it were your own. The new arm does not grant you any additional actions, but you can use it for carrying things, holding things, useful tasks like that. If the arm is harmed, you suffer no ill effect and it lasts for 28 hours. (laughs) You have an extra arm. Uh, Ooh, quick question. Yes. Since Jory got the thing where she can now change the color of herself at will, Uh does that affect the arm? Yes. The arm changes color with her? Yes. Okay. Yes. Small run. (laughs) Of course you get this one. Oh, dear. A strange, bulbous, organic shape lands on your head and... As it does so, it starts to, like, graft itself onto your head into a large eye stalk. (laughs) The eye stalk will be on your head for 28 hours. You can see through it, and you can use it to look around corners. I'm okay with this. (laughs) The Ogrim Orb is jealous. (laughs) Of course it is. It absolutely is. That is like the one feeling you get as this happens is distinct wave of intense jealousy. I think it's not jealous that I suddenly have this other eye and it's cool. It's jealous that it's not the eye at the end of the eye stalk because it would get to see cooler things that way. Oh, absolutely. And Brex, Brex gets the weird one. (laughs) There's a synth cylinder that has like etched lines all around it and it lands at Brex's feet, and without thinking, they lean down and pick it up and look at it. And out one end of this device, a mass of gelatin, this gooey, gelatinous substance, sprays out onto the floor. And over the course of the next, like, 30 seconds, the gelatin creates what appears to be an exact living copy of Brex. Full size? Including all equipment, full size. Wow. And it's standing there. Looking at all of you. Huh. Brex? Brex goes up to this copy and touches it. And it is gelatinous to the touch. Like, it is not like a actual replica. Like, have metal armor, does not seem to have any of that things, but is like squishy and spongy and jelly to the touch. This is a level one copy 
of the creature with minimal intelligence. It can follow simple commands, but has no complex thought or emotions, and lasts 28 hours, at which point it melts. <laughs> All of this happens around you, Nehemiah, almost simultaneously. <laughs> so everyone can have their reactions as needed. What is happening? <laughs> You see that the eye stock kind of like swiveling around as Smallrin kind of realizes she can control it and that she can see out of it. I need everybody to slap five with my strange new arm. <laughs> Actually, don't, because I don't know what that would do. I, I feel so afraid of this thing. Is this going to be here? Why is this a trap? I don't know. It's Who it's... put this in place? Shin spinners. Shin spinners. <laughs> It's shin spinners. They're tricksters. Oh. They like having fun. Now, some of them could be harmful down the road, but this was one of the goofy ones. <laughs> okay. All right. I I'm still a little bit freaked out as to why it smells so bad in here. I'm guessing this is just their trash room. That's true. I'll be honest. If this was a trash room, with how long this has been abandoned, it would not still smell this bad. Mm-hmm. Would you like to do any sort of investigation? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Brex, Brex, Goo Brex, are both of you all right? And Brex kind of looks at you, and their visor is kind of like constantly in between colors, like is confused, mm -hmm. but generally nods and looks over to his duplicate and motions for it to come nearer, and it does, with very squishy-sounding footsteps. Mm. And Bregs just shrugs. At least we can tell you two apart. Okay, we'll deal with that as we go on, I guess. You do notice that duplicate Rex's visor does not change. Okay. Because it has no emotional capability. Yeah, there's no sentience there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. I would like to give the Ogrim Orb something to do so it's not consumed with jealousy. So Smallrin's going to ask it to pick up as many details as possible in the next 30 seconds of the room. Perfect. Go ahead and roll Perception Level 4. Trained because of the orb. Success with a 14. There you go. Something other than something a 5. Something other than a 5. <laughs> <laughs> it quickly picks up on, in the center of this kind of like nest den area, a humanoid body that looks like it has been dragged in there. There are several wounds present on it that you could investigate further if you would like. And also notices that on the other side of the creature den, there is another door on the other side of that. It also thinks that there might be something small living in the parts that have been made into this nest, but isn't sure what it is. Just see something moving. It also notes that it looks like this body has been dragged here by something very large. Okay. The nest itself and like this body, whatever, that's probably a larger creature or something, but there seems to be something small that is also inhabiting the junk making up the nest. Correct. Okay. I think we should be very careful. I'm going to go see what happened to that. And she points at the body. Mm -hmm. Nehemiah? Mm -hmm. Cover me? Of course. Spear out, ready to go. Okay. Smallrin's going to approach very cautiously and just take a look at this dead body, see what it looks like killed it. This is a body that has been picked apart by some sort of large predator. It's not really fully intact, but looking closer at it, there are 
some other wounds that you would recognize as forearm blades. Oh, okay. Does it look like those wounds are what killed this person? Yes. Okay, so this was a dead body that some kind of large scavenger found. Do I see any indication that the blades were poisoned? Is there any sort of necrotic damage to Mm. or anything? No? No. You are also welcome to try and figure out what kind of animal this is, if you'd like. Yeah, I'll take a gander. That's going to be nature or biology of some something like that. Mm. Intellect, level four. Okay. Ooh, GM intrusion failure. Ho ho. <laughs> okay. On this simple intellect check to see if I recognize bite marks. You are looking at these bite marks, and I will say the bite marks are very strange. It is five tooth marks in the shape of a star. But as you are looking at that, trying to figure out what that could possibly be, Nehemiah, you hear a skittering coming from the nest. And Smallhorn had said, cover me, and you are. And you hear the distinct movement of steel spiders as three of them exit out of the mass of Numenera and scrap towards you. That is the geometry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> steel spiders, great. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and roll initiative. Yeah. Eight for me. Three for me. And four for me. So everyone goes before, so whatever order you would like to go in. I am fine uh, Mm -hmm. diving in. I was standing back observing my arm and the various things it could do. And seeing this happen, I will uh, dive forward with the staff and try to give one a hearty whack. And I failed with a three to hit it. So you go in and dive and try to hit it and it's just moving around a bit too quickly. I will go ahead and try to attack as well. What's the difficulty? Three. Three. Okay. Excellent. That's going to be an 18 for a success, so that's plus two damage as well. Awesome. How do you come in hitting it? I had my spear kind of out and pointed towards the body Mm -hmm. and as these things come out, it is just a very quick jab forward. (laughs) You stab right into the steel spider's mouth mm-hmm. and kind of push it back, and it clatters over to the side. It is not dispatched, but not looking great either. Cool. Smallrin. You said that the body is humanoid. Does it have anything still on it, or is it just, like, flesh at this point? There's some stuff that's kind of scattered around that you think might have belonged to it. There's, like, a couple pouches, what looks like a dagger and a buzzer, which is a ranged weapon that, like, sends out little discs. Okay. Smallrin is going to scramble over, scoop up the buzzer, and then she's going to make use of the ranged combat knowledge enhancement Numenera that she <laughs> That's has. Right. So for 28 hours, I'm trained in ranged attacks. Amazing. Okay, so... it's <laughs> really great. <laughs> I forgot you had that. Okay, yeah, go ahead. That will be a level three, and you're trained in it, so it takes it down to a two. Awesome. Roll a six or better. Success with a six. Awesome. Which one are you aiming for? There's one that Jory attacked, there's one that Nehemiah attacked, and there's one that's kind of headed towards Rex. I'm going to aim for the one that Nehemiah attacked, actually, since I saw he hit it so hard. See if we can knock one out. Absolutely. You take that buzzer and shoot it off, and it makes contact and eliminates that steel spider. Do you, off the top of your head, do you remember how much damage a buzzer does? It's a light weapon, so two. Wee. And Brex goes ahead and takes aim at the one crawling toward them and smashes down for six damage. 
Now it is the Steel Spider's turn. There's one near Jory. It goes to try and bite you. So go ahead and actually no, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this set. It does bite you. Okay. It doesn't particularly hurt, but you start feeling something going on with that bite. I need you to make a might defense level four. Okay. Rolling a 12 or better if you want to apply anything to that, you can. Uh, uh, success with 17. Wonderful. You are able to steel yourself against whatever venom is coming through and just have a stronger constitution than that, and it doesn't really affect you this time. Ooh, that didn't feel good. Watch out, they've got poison. Or something. One tries to attack Brex and cannot really get through their armor. There's not really any flesh there to bite on. So that's the steel spider's turn. Back to y'all. I'm going to take another poke at the one that bit me, because now I'm extra mad, which no doubt will translate to a better dice roll. I'm I'm certain, and I believe it was a, a three, correct? Level three, yes. Speed. Whoop. Ah, success with an 18. So plus nice. two damage for yeah. a total of six on that one. Wonderful. You take a crack at it. What does it look like when you hit? Rather like hitting a baseball, I suppose. <laughs> so you just, you just kind of try and, and launch it across oh, yes. the room. I, I am trying to also utilize any solid objects such as walls as a secondary blunt weapon. <laughs> sure. You almost like field hockey kind of come up and whack at it as it's on the ground and pick it up. It goes airborne and hits the wall and slides down, looking worse for wear. Woohoo! Ah! See, just try it again. Try to bite me again. I dare you. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to keep on the one that Jory just smashified. Perfect. That is a success with a 16 for six damage. Uh, and you smashify it completely. Yeah. Awesome. Kind of seeing it slide down the wall and you just obliterate it <laughs> with your sword spear. All right. And then Smallrin is seeing that her friends have taken care of this one, turns to the other one and is going to take aim with the buzzer. Great. Success with a 15. So two points of damage. With a little, they're little discs, essentially, aren't they? They're like little saw yes. blades. Yes. You take aim and fire and hit. It chops off one of the legs of the steel spider, but it is still standing at the moment. But Brex comes along and just <laughs> takes care of the last hit point that it has. Uh, I say we should probably get past this room. You feeling all right? Oh, the smell's just getting to me. It's fine. And mm. I, I think the venom didn't help either. It might not have hurt me too much, but I think overall I just feel unwell as a person. Oh. Yeah, let's, uh, let's get out of here. Smallrin is going to scoop up that dagger on the floor and... <laughs> That's right, you're collecting just, how many knives can Smallrin how many have? Sma- <laughs> how many knives can Smallrin collect? She is also actually going to do, as we're kind of getting ready to move out, do like a cursory examination of the other effects of the deceased to see if there's anything else that would be useful. There is a cipher in one of the pouches that you could pick up if you wanted. Uh, It's a small metal cube. And I'll say that one of you would recognize this as a harassing companion. (laughs) Basically, you activate it and it flies at a target, getting in the way, trying to inhibit eyesight and movement and generally being a nuisance to try and distract it. If anyone is able to carry this, I think it might be useful. If not, I'll hang on to it. I mean, I can carry something. Also keep in mind that you are needing to collect things to pay off Lem. Ooh. And to restock your own coffers. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are broke as a joke right now. 
would you like to go back the way you came? Or you do notice both on the map and in person now that there is another force field door on the other side of this nest den. Let's uh, keep on moving. That weirdness on the map is just up ahead. We can check that out. Having succeeded at smashing this door, Mm -hmm. if you are just looking to get through these doors, you can smash through them and they will be broken. If you'd like to continue to try to hack them or tinker with them, those can be continual rolls. If you are trying to smash it quickly for any reason, I will also make you roll. I will try to tinker again. Why not? Uh, I didn't try the other side of the screwdrivers that I had, the blunt side, which maybe somehow, I, I, I don't know, that's probably unlikely uh, some, to work. Something about electric resistance, I don't right, know. Right, right, exactly. So, yes, let's give it a shot. Understanding Numenera, level four. And again, if you'd like to apply anything, you can do hmm. so. There is right tool for the job, so let's see if I have any I.O. I do, I do, I have two I.O. So I will use one to put on the end of my screwdriver to shape it the way that it needs to be, I hope. How about that? Yep, go ahead and spend the I.O. and spend the intellect, and you put that on the end of the screwdriver and start tinkering around with it a little bit. And you're able to get inside the panel and mess with some of the circuitry a little bit, Mm -hmm. and all three lights light up green. Ahaha! You're not 100% sure how that happened. Nope. uh, But you did make it happen, and the force field goes down. I think with another five doors, I will get this figured out. So far, so good. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Alright. Onward and onward, I guess. (laughs) Onward and onward. This room is mostly empty. Uh, save for, along that southwest side, a massive cave-in. You had noticed previously on parts of the map it had been glitched, almost like this had once been a much larger facility, but part of the canyon had at some point cut it off. Whether this is a recent cave-in or a much older one, it's a little hard to tell. But there's only a few feet of floor showing around the edge. And the map shows an open door on the other side, and you can just barely see the top of it over the portion of rubble that has fallen in through this. You think you might be able to crawl up and over, but it would be a very tight squeeze. I will send Bitbit. Mm-hmm. Hey, little buddy, can you uh, can you see what's beyond there? Like up, up through the, the doorway? Yeah. Yeah. It gives a little chirp and floats up and for as small as he is, easily squeezes through the space between the top of the doorframe and the rubble. And it's gone for a couple of moments and then comes back and projects a small image of what it saw and it's just another long lit hallway. All right. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Chirps again and lands on your shoulder. Does there appear to be anything kind of... So we've got this rubble... I'm just curious as to what used to be here, if there's anything sticking out from anywhere or all. Absolutely. Ooh. Go ahead and roll me investigation level three. I'd love to, I'd love to. Investigation. A success with a 12. Kind of poking through things. This might have been some sort of storage room or some sort of living space. There are corners of furniture, maybe shelves poking out from the rubble here and there. The equivalent of like a bedpost or something, but kind of hard to put together. There's a lot of things that are around, but definitely like furniture bits sticking out. The one thing you do find, though, is in a crevice between two rocks is a 
long, thin piece of metal with three lights on it. I love three lights. Hmm. <laughs> we are in the southwest corner, aren't we? Reminder, the object you're looking for is a mask. Yes, but it was the southwest, right? She said it was to the southwest in the chasm. Okay, uh, let me see if I can try to unbury this thing a bit. Um, you can. You can pull it out. Oh, I will then. It's the same style of three lights that are on all of the doors. Ooh, I'm taking this with us. This sounds like it might be a key. Yeah. It's like getting big, getting big key vibes off of this. Good key energy. A good key frequency. That didn't work. <laughs> I, I tried nope, really nope, hard to insert the word key into vibrations. It did not work. <laughs> I'm picking up key vibrations. Gosh, darn it, there it is. <laughs> Guys, it's very early <laughs> for me. It is 11.30. That is very early for me. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Thank you so much for listening to episode 85 of Imprinted Echoes and Amnesis. As always, if you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. On our website, you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd like to thank Enoch, Patrick, and Joel for their continued support. If you'd like to help support us in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. Of course, you can also find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And be sure to follow our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.